The Tea Health Show, your medical lifestyle podcast, brought to you by the Tea Clinic. Good morning, I'm Dr. Mark. This is the Tea Health Show, and in studio today, as always, my right hand person, Sister Elise van Art. Our producer, Simpiwe, which is currently on her way. And then we have a special guest, Nadine. Nadine, you're one of our patients. Welcome to the Tea Health Show. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so today um, I see our current producer that's sitting in the office is all ears. We are going to unpack Pandora's box. <laughs> so, Ryan, before you jump out, do you want to venture guess what we're talking about? Dr. Mark, you always bring me in these podcasts. I love doing that. <laughs> so, okay. Um, right. We are talking about the female uh, reproductive system. And specifically today, we're going to talk about vaginas. Elise, this was your brainchild. Um, why did you want us to unpack vaginas and vaginal conditions? Okay, first of all, I think there's a big misconception about the word vagina. That's not the name that we call the intimate external or intimate organ of a woman or somebody that identifies as a woman. What do you call it, vagina? We call it it the vulva. And the vulva um, consists of your pubis, which is the, um, what do you call that? The mons pubis. The mons pubis, but what do you call it? The the um, bonnet. The bonnet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then you've got the outer lips known as the um, labia majora. And you've got the inner lips that is the labia minora that protects the clitoris. Then you have the urethra where we urinate from and you have the vagina And the vagina is a muscular tube that stretches from the vaginal opening to the uterus. And it is a fantastic organ that can stretch and go back to its normal size. It can accommodate a tampon, a finger, a penis, and give birth to a baby. And much more. (laughs) And much more if you want. I, 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 I'm so glad that you went there because um, you Elise gave it. me a very warning look yeah. um, to to not go there. Okay, so Elise, um, the anatomy of the vagina, because people, as you said, um, you know, people think of a vagina. The anatomy of vagina is basically a sock. A sock. Sock. I would like to think it's a it's muscular a tube. It's tube? like a sock. Yeah, it's a muscular tube with with different lining. So it's got muscles and it's got mucous membranes that protects it and keeps it healthy. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's start on the outside. Yeah. If I take a look at my spouse, my girlfriend, my whatever, um, female that is, um, <laughs> yes, and I look at I'm her sure from <laughs> the front. What I'm seeing basically is the mons, which is the top part that's above the vaginal opening. Yeah. And then you see the labia majora and those. Sometimes the minoras. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to talk about that. Yeah. What I'm saying sometimes is 
all vulvas looks different. Like all penises like look all different. Penis. Some of them so, are pretty, some of them are less pretty. Nadine <laughs> brought up something just before we started this, and that is that we have a misconception of how a vulva must look. And that's because of the exposure on pornography sites or wherever you get your information from. You need to know every vulva is unique, like every penis is unique. And it's got different colors, it's got different shapes, it's got the, it changes with time, it changes with um, stimulation, it changes with age, with births. Vaginal births, etc., etc. You know what, Nadine? Were you ever a fan of Sex in the City? Oh yes, yes, okay. definitely. So I don't know whether you remember the episode where Charlotte is presenting with a vaginism. So a vaginism is an uncomfortable or painful vagina. Do you remember that episode? They were sitting in the diner and Samantha said to her, um, have you ever taken a look at what it looks like? Do you know what it looks like? And oh, she yes. Said, Take a mirror. I, I've, I've, yeah. I've, never, um, I've never taken a look down there. So, And they all said to her, well, you know what? Take my compact hand mirror, go into the bathroom and go and take a look. Because if you do not know what it is and what it looks like and how it functions, how the hell can you be comfortable with it? Um, and I do think in the age where we are living in today with so much of distorted self-images, either what your face is supposed to look like, what your body is supposed to look what like. boobs are supposed to look um, like. <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know what, Elise, I have to agree with you that um, women actually do not really pay attention to that part of their bodies. Um, but there is a movement away from it where you're starting to see a lot of Vaginal rejuvenation where we try and make them pretty again. Yes, um, is. which I really don't agree with. But can, um, can right? I also jump in there with yes, a comment? Um, I also feel like there's a misconception in society and the communities that a man can just let it go and be whatever he wants to be, and the woman should be uh, the one looking after herself and waxing and shaving and constantly worrying about. What, what she looks down, how she looks down there. And I feel that puts so much pressure on women and on girls in general. Let's be honest, teenagers aren't, I, I don't want to say this, but aren't as um, conservative. conservative as I think they were years ago. No, so you know, what, if, I, yeah. if I think about what we spoke about at um, our school break times and after school with our friends, it's completely different mm. to what kids do nowadays. nowadays um, it was very interesting. I um, saw a news article the other day that Japan has just um, passed legislation to increase their age of sexual consent from 13 to 16. Wow. So, you know what, um, back in our day, you would have been um, – lynched um if if 
you were sexually active um, sure. at the age of 13. Never and mind being even able know? to give consent. Yeah. And what do you even know at the age of 13? You're still a child. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of child, our um, child is in the practice, uh, well, in the studio. Morning, Sims. Morning. Good morning. So, um, Simpiwe, do you know what our topic is today? You're going to like it. <laughs> no, no, I really don't. So we unpacking Pandora's box. Oh, okay. <coughs> yeah, we, we're going down south. <laughs> <laughs> and Nadine is one of our patients. We, she wanted to be on the show with us. Oh, today. even better. I feel very honored. So yes. you've had first-hand experience with yes. Dr. Mark. Yeah. First-hand so experience. Elise doesn't, hasn't even taken me on a date yet, and she's seen me naked. <laughs> What a cheapskate. I mean, <laughs> not even a chocolate. So, well, um, yeah, I'm, I'm speechless and that doesn't happen. You're, you're over what? Um, you're outnumbered. So, oh, no, I'm used to this. So, okay, Elise Anatomy, let's take a look um, at problems with anatomy. Okay. Um, as I, I will start with this. The vaginal opening is protected by a little piece of skin, which is called the hymen. Mm. Now, there's also a lot of different opinions about the the hymen. Some people say that, um, or it does happen. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. As when they first have the intercourse, penetrative intercourse, that the the hymen tears and they bleed a lot, etc., etc. Some people doesn't experience that. The hymen does stretch with proper stimulation for when there's intercourse, and it can shrink back again. What's wasn't that, that the old mm. way that the you're nuns would check yeah. if you're a virgin? Yes, yeah. correct. It's still practiced sure. in some cultures. In African culture? Yes. Like oh, I'm wow. Zulu and I know we do like a young uh, checking of like but 21. That's, that's so unfair. And they, that's what they check, if it's still intact or not. That's yeah. so unfair because I used to dance and we did the splits a lot. And I suspect I never had that. And I suspect maybe that's why. But well, even younger girls are using tampons. Oh, that's And that true, stretches yeah. the hymen. It gives you a false impression if it's still intact or not. But it's okay. important that we talk about this because and riding a bike and horse riding, yeah, <laughs> except that's, that's if you ride a say. bike without a saddle, I think then. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about stuff that you can insert. <laughs> Sims, isn't that why women had to ride side saddle <laughs> on horses? It's because they wore dresses. And it wasn't ladylike to open your legs like yeah, that. Yeah, your ankles didn't show in those days. I think Mark just blushed. <laughs> I love this topic so much. So, you know what? When I write sound saddle, it's a balancing act. So. Okay. Okay, so then further, um, more, uh, one of the important parts of the vulva, let's not talk about vagina. Mm-hmm is that you will have a covering of hair, which is called pubic hair. There's a reason why we have hair down there. Why? It's to keep the dust down? Yes, exactly. <laughs> to protect you against chaving, to keep the bacteria at bay, 
And I would, I would think it's just exactly the opposite. No, and it keeps keeps the labia or the the lips moist, moist. which is so important. <laughs> And let's not forget that in the older days, when we were all Neanderthals, <laughs> it was very attractive. Well, <laughs> you know what? It's, it's when very, did that change, people? <laughs> actually, it started changing. Um, in the 60s and 70s, it, you had a full bush, men and women. Very fashionable. Yeah. And then um, it's like haircuts started oh, wow. changing. Um, the haircuts became shorter, less big hair. And then it turned into, um, I would say, neatly trimmed hair. And then it was the Brazilian, the little landing strip. And then in the 90s and um, early 2000s, it was now you are completely bald. Well, I don't criticize or judge people mm -hmm. that want to be that way. But it comes with its own problems as well. The itching after removing that hair, waxing, when shaving, back. Oh, yes. using V, it burns like hell. <laughs> um, and it creates ingrown hair. And, and it um, takes away the natural environment that the vulva thrives in. So the move towards um, permanent hair reduction with laser treatments? Well, there's no, there's no issue with... Neating, neaten it up there, you know, in your bikini line and make it shorter, keep it trimmed and, you know, have a nice shape. Maybe have a little Bart Simpson that's cutting the grass <laughs> there or with a tattoo, whatever, whatever. But there is a reason why we have pubic hair. And the reasons I already mentioned, and it's very important for a healthy vulva and a vagina. Quick question. I've seen like steaming become like a Oh, hot that's so topic. out. Please. I don't even want to. Oh, wow. I steaming. Want to. Is steaming? Vaginal is it like sitting steam. over a pot of hot water? I know that in African cultures, um, they would often sit over smoke with a, 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 a cloak around them in a lot of um, your African and not, I think the Ethiopians that. and the and Kenyans yeah. do that. So they literally have this little round stool um with a hole in and the stool the sitting place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and can I just did you know that they do it not that I've done this, but they do it when they do ayahuasca as well. It's like a cleansing ritual. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's it happens. So um and then it's about um the belief is that it keeps everything nice and tight and um, it's um, a, a ritual that a lot of African cultures have before they get married. Okay. Um, so steaming, I understand why, and, and we'll get into this because okay. this is one of the best ways for you to create um, a Infection, yes, exactly, um, and change exactly. the pH of a vagina. Exactly. But at least we're going to come be, uh, to that just now. Let's continue okay. with so the after, anatomy because I want us to to talk about the cervix as yeah, well. Yeah, after the the hair, you get your outer lips, which is called the labia majora, and this is skin. This, this is, is skin. dry yeah. skin, mm -hmm. and then. 
inside of that you have your labia minora. And this is where there's this transition from skin to mucosa. Mucosa. Mm -hmm. And it protects the clitoris. So you have a clitoral hood and that sort of, it's really like a cap that sits around the clitoris and it goes down to the vaginal opening. And then you have your vaginal opening with the hollow muscular tube that is that stretches to where the uterus starts. The uterus has also parts on it, which has the cervix. We call it also the uterus mouth or os. And then the uterus which carries the baby and the two tubies that um, this brings is for, the – This is for – Horns that brings the eggs from the ovaries into the uterus. That's the female anatomy. Okay. Now, I I think one of the things that's important for us to touch on is that the position of the cervix, the length of the cervix, the firmness of the cervix has a great role to play in whether intercourse is um, comfortable or can sometimes be painful. It's about that position of a cervix because believe me, if I knock on your cervix, you're not going to like me very much. It's actually quite it painful. It actually differs from person to person as well. And some, from conditions. And from conditions. Mm. But some people don't have any feeling in their cervix. Oh, shame. <laughs> it, it, it's actually it, not a bad thing, I have oh, to be okay. honest. And um, when we talk about the cervix, or then it's important to know during – the sexual intercourse act. The upper third of the vagina stretches in lengthwise and opens up. So that accommodates then penetration. And it and I always say this if you're not properly prepared to have penetrative intercourse, you will have pain. Doesn't matter who says what. And that's where foreplay comes in. You have to be ready to receive this outer organ into your inner organ. Yeah, I think um, if you if you think about the images that young people are confronted with, and Nadine, you actually mentioned this when we were sitting outside. Um, straight porn or bisexual porn, the way in which those Tiny little girls accept these monstrous penises. That's not normal. That's that's not no. the norm for everyone. Yeah. Um, and people, I think, do think that, oh, well, I've seen that. Um, so that's normal. It's supposed to happen. That's no. what it's supposed to be like. Um, Elise, I think we've spent enough time on anatomy. anatomy. Okay. Okay, girls. What do you guys want to know? Oh wow! About <laughs> how long do we have? <laughs> you welcome to start. I'm just gonna say something that changed my life, which I think every every woman should be hearing. I know we're gonna get to that um, later on, but probiotics. Probiotics is your friend, people. You need to drink probiotics on a daily basis. Doctor, am I correct? It Protect all your bacteria. Can I just mention something? My now husband asked me once, please excuse his <laughs> lack of knowledge about this, but he asked me, don't you ever wash inside? 
it's so weird to think that you never wash it inside. And then I explained to him that your natural bacteria actually protects your um, your organs and everything. Okay, so, so it's so um, good that you touched on the, this. The vagina is a magical organ in the sense that it's self-cleaning. And Sister Elise is going to explain this. Um, boys, so douching. Oh, no. yes. I'm so happy that you said no. this. No. Yeah. So no, boys, no, no. yeah. So boys, um, you know, with the majority, all boys are born with a foreskin and the penis in itself is also self-cleaning. Mm. Um, the skin sloughs off on, on your corona and then it collects under that skin. And what you will get is you'll get a funky smell. <laughs> um, and, um, but you know, it, you don't really have to pull this back. You're not going to get an infection because it's dirty. It, it doesn't get dirty. It's self-cleaning. But um, women have such such a more complex and different way for the vagina to clean itself. And this depends on a lot of factors, which we will touch on. Yeah, so um, what I think is something that everybody needs to know is that the pH of the vagina is more to the acid side, acidic side. So 3.8 to 4.5 on the pH scale is normal for the vagina. Okay, so if you just, for those of you who don't know, a neutral pH mm-hmm. is seven. Yes. And that's not a good thing. No, that a neutral okay. pH, vagina? if we so look at acid, yeah, okay. yeah. acid alkaline balance, mm-hmm. where it will be inert, in other words, it will not corrode something, um, it's... A, a, a pH is zero. When we look at acids like pool acid, battery acid, sulfuric acid, hydrochloric acid, stuff that burns your skin is on uh, the pH starts dropping, so the number in, um, declines. But you can burn with alkalines as well. Caustic soda, for instance, has an incredibly high pH, and that will also burn. So it's um, alkaline and basis, the one that you don't want in your vagina is you don't want a neutral pH. You want it on your skin, but not on your in, inside your vagina. And that's why it's important to know that you can't use any soaps, douches, etc. Because everybody thinks it's a pH um, balanced. neutral or balanced um, soap. You can use it. Then you're mm-hmm. changing immediately. You change the PJ, uh, PJ. <laughs> <laughs> or PJ, or BJ in your <laughs> vagina, and that creates an environment where you are prone to infections. Suddenly, you have this burning vagina, itching vagina, and yes, probiotics will help you with that, but you can't forever stay on probiotics because. Okay. There's no use on doing that. And so would you recommend using um, soap specifically for your vulva? Yes. You have to lightly wash your vulva. Outside. Out, outside. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't yeah. go inside. Yeah. <laughs> Even the menorahs can. Mm. So no, don't stick to harsh shower gels and stuff like no. that. Mm. You can you can use your shower gel on the outside. It will yeah. not influence anything. Yeah, and can I also just mention that I've had many a, a UTIs and um, bladder infections. I know we are we as women are more prone to bladder infections than men. I know they get it worse though, but um, 
I've noticed that even if I have a blood infection or UTI, my urine doesn't, it doesn't burn when I urinate or, um, it's, it's not necessarily uncomfortable until I notice, oh, my stomach is, is in pain and I urinate frequently. Then I know something's wrong. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily mean, or am I incorrect? It differs also from, mm. from person to person, but, um, it's good that you touch on that. I think it's worth mentioning that sperm are more base, alkaline, um, more alkaline, and vaginas are acidic. So what happens if you come together? I'm sorry for that pun. Um, if you get together <laughs> <laughs> until you mentioned it, <laughs> it went over my head. Oh, you dumb. <laughs> Obviously, then your pH becomes n- neutral or more to the base side. And yeah. that's where your irritation in your vagina happens. And remember, if there's irritation in the vagina, it's a, um, semen, how do you say when it goes up? It escalates. It escalates Mm. to your urethra. It's it's um, ascending. Ascending, Mm. that's the word I'm looking for. Ascending to your urethra, and that crawls up your urethra into your bladder. And then what about how does cunnilingus affect your bacteria and yeast infections? So actually I, I disagree because saliva is acidic. But So what you what you're telling me? Is go go for gold. So yeah, boys, um, gonna lingers all the way, people. So um, saliva is a little bit more acidic, but you know what? You can transmit diseases through oral sex. Oh, but remember, there's different bacteria in the mouth than in the vagina. In the vagina, and that's the problem. One of the Not things that I say stop, but. Be aware. <laughs> One Be of careful, the things yeah. that I think we need to touch on about um, the vaginal pH is that this is also dependent on the integrity of the vaginal mucosa, so the mucous membranes, like you have on the inside of your mouth, you have it on the inside of the vagina from your labia minora and then up into the vagina going up higher. Now, Hormone levels, medication, etc., etc., all affect those. And if you ask women going into the perimenopausal, menopausal, and postmenopausal um, um, periods, they will tell you that most often, or more often than not, in any case, they battle with vaginal dryness. Um, and now, just think about. Um, when you try and push two dry mm, yeah. um, pieces of skin against one another, you you can get a, a skin burn from that. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, I'm sorry when, to say, but I've had it. And what you're referring to, I've actually had it inside my vagina as well. Okay. It's, it's literally, it's a chafing. It's yeah. chafing. Um, dry skin on dry mucosa. Really not comfortable. And that leads to micro tears, which leads to a place where bacteria will enter and cause a vaginitis or even a sexually transmitted type of disease. Yeah. 
I think it's important that we say why this happens. It's because of the declining of estrogen. Yeah. Estrogen plays a big role in <clears throat> vaginal health. And um, that helps mucosa rejuvenate. It helps um, with the glands that secrete your lubrication, all of that. So that's when – and we see this with younger girls as well in our practice. Yeah, is quite on certain often. contraceptives. And we see, that's something that we see basically every day. On that, I want to ask you girls a question. So, Simpia, I don't know if – this is applicable to you, but I know uh, Elise most probably would have gone through a period like this. Lubrication, KY jelly, yams, olive oil, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So the reason I ask this question is that most of your um, lubrications are either water or silicone-based, but um, have you ever tried to have sex in water? Ooh, yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> no, it, it, it really, it's the it's most comfortable place I've ever had yeah. to try sex was in the pool. Um, <laughs> it sounds and, so sexy, but it really isn't. No, it, it's not. <laughs> Why? Because you wash away the natural lubrication. Yeah. So Elise, you and I have been debating this and we've actually started investigating, um, one of the pharmaceutical companies or compounding pharmacies creating a safe lube. Because um, a lot of people use the stuff that they buy off the shelf and it's either got some kind of tingling agent or, or some flavorant or, or, you know, a or, or strawberry sugar. lube mm-hmm. or that. And, you know, but these aren't really, really healthy. I actually think olive oil is... M- so wait, oh, wow, so, thank you. So, Dr. Mark, what, what should you be looking out for? Because usually, as you said, you get to the, the altar and you're like, oh, any, any, any more, I'll go with either okay, this one. The branding, nice, yeah. Okay. And if it tastes nice, it's a no-go. It's a no-go. <laughs> so it should, it should stink and be bitter. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you girls what happened to me one day. Elise knows the story. So, um, as um, a obstetrician registrar, um, we used to do uh, clinics, antenatal clinics. And one of my questions that I always asked my patients was, uh, do you have any problems? Is everything okay? And um, the patient very serenely and calmly answered that, I have a beige discharge and my husband <laughs> says it tastes bitter. Oh, so, no. So, Elise, on discharges, <laughs> what is it that we look for besides the taste? Okay. <laughs> I think it's very important that people need to know that smell down there, if, it, if you're healthy, it's natural. Mm. Yours is different than mine. It's different throughout our cycle. For instance, before ovulation, it has a different smell, and with menstruation, it has a different smell. But when it's green, sticky, cottage cheese, cottage cheesy, <laughs> beige, beige, apparently, watery, watery, and fishy. Yes. Then we then start you need thinking to go and look of for help. That's very important to know. But different foods. Give you a different vaginal odor. Is it like asparagus and semen? Asparagus, 
Pineapple is apparently when banana. Goes hand in hand. Yeah. It's pineapple nice. gives you a sweet. <laughs> Uh, so like, okay, so, so I'm purchasing so pineapple. Is it true with the yeah the pineapples the? <laughs> is it banana as well? That it it helps. Dolly, what do you do with a banana? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but you know what? It conjures up images. I think, I think I'm at the wrong of, podcast. <laughs> of, of the wrong fruit salad. Asparagus mm-hmm. makes your vaginal discharge bitter. For instance, okay. so play around. Ask your partner: Does this taste good or does <laughs> this taste good? It's your prerogative. Have a taste test. Okay, so ooh, um, vaginal discharge, Elise. When uh, you know what? Often sexually transmitted diseases, and we're not going to go into detail about the sexually transmitted diseases. Um, we think about gonorrhea. Uh, trichomonas, Gardenella, uh, um, HPV, human papillovirus. Papillovin virus we'll talk about because it's, it is a sexually transmitted disease, but we can't treat it. Okay, but I um, think- so it's something I, I actually want to touch on HPV when we look at serious conditions that okay. affect the, um, okay. reproductive system. I think what is very important is that we need to know that if you are sexually active and you have had multiple partners, you will most probably have been exposed to some or another STD. Well, you know what? It's not uh, – I actually want to disagree with you. I, if your current partner, even though this is your first partner, if your current partner um, has a, a longstanding promiscuous sexual history – you know what, even if it's your first, you are at risk. No, of course, that's mm. what I meant. But what I think is very important is that when when you move from one partner to another, do yourself a favor and go and screen yourself. Both of you. Both of you for STDs. Yeah. I think it's it's just the responsible thing to do and make sure that you are helped if you do get a positive result from that. Most of them we can treat if we catch them early. It's usually mm. some antibiotics. I want to, I just want to, um, to say the following. 20 years ago when I, well, maybe a little bit longer, um, <laughs> when I started <laughs> becoming sexually active, sexually transmitted diseases was something that you really got when you were sleeping around a lot. Um, and it was easily treatable. It was one tablet or two tablets that you took, and it was gone. Um, today, unfortunately, that's changed completely. Yeah. Um, your Has it STD, stronger? Your STDs mm. have become so resistant yeah. that we find scary gonorrhea, for instance, where you have <laughs> this beige, yellowy, greenish, kind of discharge, both men and women, if you've ever had it, you'll know about it, um, is resistant to antibiotics and you can't treat it. And one of the problems is, um, you know, what you might be um, when it comes to your sexual organs, um, you might be asymptomatic, but you can still get it. And one of the things that we are starting to see more and more of is oral gonorrhea or gonorrhea in the throat and then it becomes systemic and then you have a problem yeah sure 
I think while you talk about this, it's important to remember a few things, and that is, as far as you can, use protection. Use protection. If it's a glove, if it's a condom, whatever, use protection. The other thing is, watch your play. You can't play vaginally and then you go play anally and then back again. So watch Mm. how you play. Um, Sometimes one is in the moment and you don't think about it, but it's the responsible thing to do. And then the other thing that we need to look out for is um, not only our loop ingredients, but what ingredients is in condoms. That is also because sometimes it's also coated with different flavors and mm-hmm. whatever is on it and what type of plastic it's made of. Well, it's or latex usually latex, it's made of. Yeah. yeah. So it's important to remember and your toys. Make sure your you toys wash them are properly clean. and don't wash them with dish like, washing like liquid. Um, yeah. domestos or something. <laughs> no, you know, with the domestos, but I know people that put them in their dishwasher. No! <laughs> I actually think it's the best way for you to clean them because actually you clean all the bacteria on the outside so of that wait. silicone. Okay, people, so when I go eat dinner somewhere and I see this very nice fresh tray of dildos popping up, <laughs> I'm going to get takeaway. Well, while we're talking about the, the toys... Um, Can you lose something in your vagina? No. <laughs> That's a very good question. No, you can't. Except if the, if there's a perforation or no, something. No, but then you'll know about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? Often you find women, um, and we had one, Elise, where we were treating one of our ladies for the um, vaginal prolapse. She Actually, she was prolapsing. Oh, Her bladder was prolapsing. Um, and you you know about Kegel exercises? Yes. Okay, everyone should be doing them. I'm doing mine and right Mary now. Men can do it too. That was of like course. the biggest fun fact ever. <laughs> that of is course. I, I, I do my, my testicle lifting every day. <laughs> so it's that same, same thing as where you do your Kegel exercises. And what we gave her is we gave her little Kegel balls to, to, um, to wear, to strengthen the muscles. And um, the one fell out while she was walking in the park (laughs) and the other one disappeared. (laughs) And she went home (laughs) and it was about two days that she tried to get this thing out. And then eventually (laughs) she called Sister Elise and said, well, you know, one of the balls are missing. (laughs) She should do do jumping jacks. Exactly. (laughs) That's what Elise told her. Just just skip. And, um, you know, it just came out. Here cometh the gift. (laughs) So um, how do they do that ping pong ball? Oh, well, guys. It's got got strings on. The ping pong balls. Yes, but the tie no, we can do. we can squeeze because no, we of can the do suction with our. I don't know if you guys noticed, but we can do yeah. suctions with our vagina. Well, so it's again. Vaginas. Think about the anatomy. It's a muscular tube, and you can contract it. That yeah. thing is flexible. That thing is flexible. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen. Yeah, <laughs> we were to we went to Phuket as well. <laughs> we can do with that. And the budget. <laughs> I mean, what is up with that? I'm rather not going (laughs) to. Okay, where are we now? 
We're getting off topic. And no, another thing that's very important after intercourse is go and we. Go and we. It gives you time to get rid of whatever is there and time for you to clean up. And wash a bit. And wash, wash yes. a little. It's not like the movies. The movies, again, where they just roll over. They've had sex and it was amazing. And they just roll over in bed and they sleep. And I'm like, oh, that is so disgusting, people. You're going to get an infection. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've ne- I, now that I've, I've had sexual intercourse, I can't look at movies the same anymore. <laughs> He's just like, lies, lies, yeah. lies. <laughs> And talking about lube, can I just tell you quickly? I was in clicks once and this little boy was standing next to his mother and she, um, he's like, he pointed to the, the lubrication. He's like, mom, don't you have one of those in your drawer <laughs> in front of everyone? Kids. Back to the topic or the question you had about can you lose something? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying no, flat out no. Yes, you can in some instances. Is if you Wait, forget, why? Because it goes sits in the acnexa. Yeah, if you have, if you are one that uses tampons and you forget that you have a tampon in and Oof. you go for intercourse, then it can go and sit at the back of the cervix where the vagina stretches. And then we get toxicity. Yes, and mm. then you need to get to a, to a doctor as soon as possible to go and fish that thing out with a speculum and a, and a forceps. You know what? Sorry, I, I, how do you forget that you have a tampon in and have sex? Oh, you don't um, know. I think it's happened before. Ah. I, not to me, but it has happened before. Yeah. Okay. If the thought arises, I'm sure someone, <laughs> someone has claimed ta- it. Someone's going to notice the tampon. <laughs> um, surely. Okay. Um, Elise, I want us to, um, maybe, Touch on conditions that are far more prevalent than we think, and that's um, vulvodynia, um, where you have pain, or vaginism, where and, and this is usually a, a connected to a psychological condition. Am I right? Yes. Where um, this is patients who was maybe sexually abused, and then the brain forms. Uh, the association with pain and they will be in a loving relationship but intercourse for them will be painful because of the association of that and one that we address in our practice and one that's far more prevalent than people want to admit is anorgasmia so anorgasmia is when you do not have the um, ability to achieve an orgasm either through penetration, clitoral stimulation, or any other form of stimulation. I'm sorry, I mean, this that is, is a, that's sad. You yeah, know, but this sad. happens to mm. a lot of women, especially younger women, um, also women that were sexually abused. You know what, the other evening, Elise, I watched one of our reruns of Real Health where we spoke about uh, the fact that 76% of women at some point in their lives will either be a survivor or a victim of sexual abuse. Yeah. 76% of women. Sure. So, and come on, girls, boys can have sex without feelings, and we often do. Um, but for women... I think the emotional connection with allowing someone to penetrate you in a sexual way um, 
uh, is, is lasting. Yeah, true. Okay, um, I think what is very important, and I want to touch on this, is that it's another fun fact, is that more or less, actually less than 40% of women can achieve a vaginal orgasm. Less, did you say less than 40? Less than 40%. So just explain women. what a vaginal orgasm is. Because, um, you know what, guys are going to think vaginal orgasm is if I'm busy stripping my wife, you know what, she's <laughs> getting an yeah. orgasm. But that, and doesn't, why isn't she reaching that it, yeah. doesn't happen. Um, um, Elise, so just explain exactly what a vaginal orgasm is and um, why it's vaginal and not clitoral. Okay, so this is, there's certain areas in the vagina that can be stimulated. And this is a bit of deeper anatomy. Around the urethra, we have small glands, which is called the sheen glands. And that's a remnant of the prostate. Remember, women, mm. females come from male. Adam made Eva out of his rib. So everything that is present in a male body is present in a female body in a lesser degree. So if those sheen glands are stimulated properly, and listen, I'm a person that have a problem with the G-spot. I was going to ask you yeah. Tell us about the G-spot. So Girls, do you guys have G-spots? Yes. Wait, Mine is my, very sensitive. My, yeah, where's yours? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I see what you're getting yeah. at. Yeah. So it was described as a bean-shaped little organ just in the anterior wall of but the it's vagina. it's not an organ. It's, it's a collection. Uh, it's just an area where there's a, a little bit more nerve it's endings. It's an extension of your clitoris. Yeah, that who thing knows, is long, eh? That's, who knows yeah. how the clitoris looks? I it's know. very long. How does it look? <laughs> Just like a small penis. No, it looks like a wishbone. Yeah, it's like a small penis. <laughs> no, it looks like a wishbone. Now we know. <laughs> it's got the head, which is the top of the wishbone, and it's got two arms that goes into your labia. Well, think about the anatomy of a penis. It's basically the same. You have your goes. glands yeah. and then instead of just the arms going out it's like a wishbone, it's another. next to one another. Yeah. But your, wow. your, uh, your um, clitoris has erectile tissue, sponge tissue, exactly. just like your penis. So the anatomy is basically the same. They just differ in size. Yeah. Different positions as well. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I know I'm going to be criticized for this that I'm saying, but there's no G-spot. And please stop looking for it. There's different pleasurable areas in your vagina that will give you an orgasm. But like I said, less than 40% of women can get vaginal um, orgasms. What is that? It's stimulation by friction of the nerve endings inside in the vagina. The vagina. And then you feel the same feeling as with clitoral stimulation. Right. So where 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 do we get these um, sheen glands? <laughs> How do well, we reach them? You know what? As Elise said, they <laughs> sit around your urethra. Yeah. Now, stimulating them, you need to be a little bit careful because you're, um, in women, the urethra is really really short. Yep. And 
um, if you're going to introduce bacteria into that area, your risk of developing cystitis, in other words, a bladder infection, is quite high. And this is why men don't often get bladder infections because we have a long, and in my case, very long urethra. So, <laughs> so B-Way didn't catch that one, but in any case, it's true, Sims. Okay. Um, your question, Sims, you haven't asked one yet. Um, I'm just curious about, like, what are some of the myths, top myths that women, like, G-spot was one of them now, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I fell for that one, apparently. Yeah, you know, the magazines okay, didn't help with that. Uh, cosmopolitan. So tell, us, tell us about um, myths that you bear. Well, Ask us whether this is a myth or, or not. not. Okay. Well, clearly G-spot is gone. Uh, oh. Kelly's, uh, well, it wasn't a myth, but the Vaginal, part, yeah. The Ooh, I have one. I have one. <laughs> okay, Dr. Mark. <laughs> Squirting. Oh, absolutely. Squirting. Happens. Here we go, Sims. Wait, so, wait, question based off squirting. Can every lady do it or is no. it the okay? Why it's do you squirt? It's a learned experience. Learned. Hey, it's a learned I, Sister Elise looks very chuffed. <laughs> like, Are you sure they're not just peeing? No. I, I was with Dr. Mark it on this is one. mixed with urine? Yes. But sometimes... Out of your women, urethra. Yeah. Women ejaculate... Well, well what I've seen was not an ejaculate. Plus <laughs> <laughs> Some kind of fire. If there's a connection, a tubal connection between the sheen glands and the urethra, women can ejac- ejaculate. I assume it's between... It's between the evolutionary things. I don't so, know. So, again, and I think, um, Elise, uh, uh, girls, help me if I'm wrong. So, I've seen this in pornography. Yep. And, my God, if a guy uh, ejaculates that much, you will drown from the inside <laughs> out. So, um, <laughs> how do that tiny little glands make, make that amount no, no, of... No. Listen, that's why I'm asking. Are you sure so it's what's just the not normal urine? amount? What's the okay? So you don't need to orgasm to squirt. That's one thing that you need. Whoa, to know. whoa, what? that's the setup. Uh, just <laughs> blown away. Absolutely. But if you don't, if you squirt without orgasm, it is a little bit of of a fluid that comes out of your urethra. Mm-hmm. I think the things that you saw on YouTube or what? I'm not going to tell porn. you. <laughs> or Pornhub. Or Hamster. Or <laughs> Is this what you watch, eh? Are these all your sites? Well, Lisa, don't give the people ideas. Because the rest of us look like, you know, it's Sunday school Little school, school boys. <laughs> The squirting that you see there is totally urinating. You do get squirting with a little bit of urine, but it's never that flush flush that opens up. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Okay. Um, We are coming to the end of the show. I, you know, but for us, it was a lot of fun, but if we can, Convey the message to you, our audience, that 
understanding your sexual and reproductive system is essential in having a good sexual relationship, one with yourself, good self-esteem about what it is and what it looks like, how it functions, and then a good sexual relationship with your partner. Elise and I very, very strongly believe in Simpiba. You will know that we spoke about um, that the journey to a, a orgasm for a woman is a learned experience. Mm-hmm. Um, Nadine, you said earlier um, that young girls and young boys learn about sex from the internet instead of from their parents. Explore in a safe environment. Elise always says, go into your bedroom, close the door, and just experience this wonderful, wonderful organ that's so complex and part of the human's natural evolution, natural functioning, um, and it's not something that you have to be scared of as long as whatever you do is consensual and safe. done in a safe way that makes you feel good. So this brings us to the end of the show. Next week, we'll be tackling Jack in a Box. Ooh. So we we <laughs> going to talk about Boys and all the stuff that they should know about their sexual organs. Um, so that will be next week, Thursday, nine o'clock. Um, Nadine, thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you so um, much. For I hope me. you enjoyed it. For us, it was a lot of I really fun. Did. And um, Sims, um, next week we will quiz you again. Okay. <laughs> on boys. Mm-hmm. I think I can answer those questions. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, you know what? Choking and then she knows everything about penises. So um, I'd like to be a fly on that wall. So until next week, we wish you um, good health. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. That was the Tea Health Show, empowering you with knowledge. Download all previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform. The Tea Health Show is brought to you by Tea Clinic.